Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. You know, it seems incongruous that when our country is on fire, we're going to study together the minutiae and arcana of the wording of a prayer that is 1,500 years old. So I just want to acknowledge the, on the one hand, that feels incongruous. On the other hand, we're Jews. So no matter what happens, we study Torah. That's what we, can, that's what we do. So we're going to study Torah. So we started to talk last week about um, this line right before the bracha, Or chadash al tzion ta'ir v'nizkech ulanu oro, cause a new light to shine upon Zion so that we may all uh, merit its light. And we talked about how that is a reference to the Mashiach site, the future, and how there was um, disagreement about whether or not we should say this pasuk on the this. It's not a pasuk, but this uh, line. On the one hand, it seems to not belong in the bracha because the whole bracha is about nature. God is creator. So this idea of Messiah doesn't really fit. That's really about God in history. If anything, that would fit in in the third bracha, Tzur Yisrael Kuma Bezrat Yisrael, right? Where the third bracha, the bracha after the Shema, where we talk about God's presence in history. So on the one hand, it seems not to belong. On the other hand, the author of the line, make I'm going to put in quote, makes it belong because it, because it talks about light. It doesn't say Tzur Yisrael Kuma Bezrat Yisrael, right? Oh God, redeem us. It says, may it cause a new light. So he uses the word light to hook it into the theme of the bracha. Everyone with me? And we talked about this last week. This is um, the text that I sent you by email two weeks ago. So if someone says, Thank you. So if you say, I want, yeah, so if you say, I want a copy, the answer is, I sent it to you. Okay, but here's on your screen, so you don't have to go looking for it. So the, I want to remind you the two or, earliest Sidurim that we possess edited Sidurim are the Sidur of Rav Amram Gaon from about 875 and the Sidur of Rav Sadja Gaon from maybe about 50 years later. Just a, a brief word about this title Gaon. I know this is review for some of you. So the Gaonim were the spiritual and intellectual leaders of the Jewish people in Babylonia in the 800s, 900s, 1000s, when Babylonia was the center of the Jewish world, there were two main yeshivot in Surah and Pumbedita, okay? They were the two rival yeshivot. The head of each, each yeshiva was called the Gaon. So there were only two Gaonim at once, once in Surah, one in Pumbedita. They would die. They'd be replaced by a new Gaon. So this is called the Gaonic period in English, G-E-O-N-I-C. It's named after the Gaonim in Hebrew, Gaon, Gimel, Aleph, Vav, Nun. And Gaon means luminary or genius, right? In modern Israeli, it means genius, but it meant sort of the preeminent luminary of the era. And that was actually the formal name of the head of the yeshiva in Surah and the yeshiva in Pumbedita. So someone who is called so-and-so, Rav so-and-so Gaon, means that person was the official 
Gaon. They were like the head of the yeshiva. Okay, and this period of the Gaonic period lasts about 300 years-ish, okay? Um, and they were the predominant halachic authorities in among the Jewish people. In the first few centuries of the Common Era, there was rivalry between Eretz Yisrael and Babylonia for leadership of the Jewish world, the first few centuries of the Common Era. But basically, uh, Christianity, once it took over the Roman Empire, kind of squashed down Judaism, the Jewish community in Eretz Yisrael. And so the Jewish community of Eretz Yisrael declined in size and importance and learning and wealth. So from about, certainly by the year 500, let's just say from year about the year 500 to 1,000, um, it was the Jewish community of Babylonia, which was the preeminent Jewish community in the world. And people turned to them for halakhic authority throughout the Jewish world. Um, that's why we study the Babylonian Talmud and not the Jerusalem Talmud, because the Babylonian Talmud is a much more sophisticated, well-edited, comprehensive Talmud compared with the Eretz Yisraeli one, which is much more, I'm, I'm just going to say, less highly edited. And it was also less studied because um, Babylonian Jewish influence is what took over the Jewish world. Okay, so Babylonian influence over the Jewish world, about 500 to 1000 ish. The Gaonic period is sort of 700s, 800s, uh, 800s, 900s, 1000s, uh, when basically the Gaonim, which means the leaders of the two yeshivot of Sur and Pumbedita, were the halachic authorities for the Jewish world. Everyone nod, everyone with me, nod your head if you sort of get it. Yeah, okay. So um, the, the origin of Rav, the two Sidurim of Rav Amram Gaon and Rav Sa'adja Gaon is that people wrote to them from the diaspora and said, we are confused about the order of Tfilot because no one had, remember, no one had books and manuscripts were expensive. So there were Chazanim who led Tfilot by heart. Maybe someone had a manuscript, maybe not. And no one else had a manuscript. So they either listened to the Chazan and said Amen or they said it along with the Chazan if they knew it. Okay, um, but there were all kinds of local customs and it was all orally transmitted. So people would forget. So they so in these two instances, someone wrote to the Gaon in Babylonia, back in the center of the world and said, we're confused about the order of the Sidur. Could you please tell us the correct order of the daily prayers? And in both cases, the Gaon wrote essentially a book. In the case of Amram, it's a short book. In the case of Sa'adya, it's a long book, saying, here is the correct order of prayer. Okay? So Rav Amram comes first and Sa'adya comes second. Okay. So the first thing we said last week was that Sa'adya's opinion is that when you daven alone, without a minion, you shouldn't say even this Kedusha. Even our Kedusha de Miyushav, the seated Kedusha, which we have been studying for months and months and months. Saadia said, when you are davening alone, without a meaning, you should not say that. This harks back to the idea that it's dangerous to, to, to study mystical stuff alone. The Kedusha is mystical stuff, so you don't do it when you're davening biachid. So Saadia has for Shachrit, 
two versions. So notice on this page I have for you, it says at the top, Tfilat HaShachar Le-Yachid, when you are praying alone. And here I put the bracket around what he says. Baruch and I said this last week, but I said it orally, so now I'm giving it to you in writing. Baruch atah Hashem elokeinu melech haolam, yotzer or uvorei choshech, oseh shalom uvorei atakol, hameir la'aretz v'ladarin aleha brachamim rabim, he has one extra word compared to rabim, vituvo, we have uvituvo, and with through God's goodness, he just has vituvo and God's goodness. Mechadesh b'chol yom tamid maseh b'reshit, baruch atah Hashem yotzer hameorot. That's it. Okay. So when he so Saadia said, when you are davening alone, this is the entire first bracha. And then notice the next the next line. You go on to avat olam avtanu Hashem alokenu, which is the Sephardi version of we say ahava raba. We'll get into that difference another time when we get up to that bracha. Okay, so Sa'aja said, when you're davening B'tzibur with a minion, you say the whole Geshechta that we say in Shul. When you're davening alone, this is all you say, okay? And Sa'aja, we said last week, Sa'aja lost the halachic argument on this score. So his position did not come to be accepted as the authoritative position. So the authoritative halachic position from the year 1000 onwards is that when you daven alone, you say the same thing as when you daven b'tzibur. You say the, all the bracha, including the kedusha demiyushav. Okay? As opposed to the kedusha in the Amida, which we'll get to eventually, which you do not recite when you are davening alone. Right? So the standing kedusha, like baruchu and kaddish, is considered to be something that's called um, divarim shibi kedusha, sacred words, and you only say sacred words, devarim shabik when you're with a minion, which is why when you're davening alone, you don't say baruchu, you don't say kedusha, you don't say kaddish, you don't say Hashem Eloichem emet a second time at the end of the Shema. Okay? So this is Sadia's opinion, Sadia lost. Everyone with me on that? Any questions about that? Okay. Just... For your interest, um, on this next page where I give you Tfilat HaShachar Litzibur, I just want to point out an interesting thing in Sa'adya. Remember we talked about the musicality of the poems surrounding, um, uh, that are in this bracha, the poems, the poetic material that surrounds the Kedusha. There's an alphabetical cross-stick. There's rhyming. There's rhythm. There's a musicality to it. And we talked about how probably this is meant to mimic what the angels are doing because the angels are imagined as choirs, right? And I told you I'd bring you some material that lots of poems were written surrounding the Kedusha in the Amida. I just want to bring you this thing in Sa'adya in the, at the first arrow, it says in Hebrew, V'yesh omrim bimkom el baruch gedol So instead of el baruch gedol which is our alphabetical poem, which we read, he says, you know, some people say a different thing. And then here's the prayer. El adir bamarom, bimalam oshavo, gadol v'gibor, dayan dorot. So it's a different poem. Notice I underlined for you to make sure 
that you would not miss it. What did someone unmute and tell me what did I underline for you? Why did I underline those letters? The alphabet. Right. So Sadia is saying, oh, by the way, you know, we say El Baruch Gadol as our alphabetical poem. But you know what? Other people say a different alphabetical poem. So I just want to point out, this is an era, again, 925-ish, 925 to 150, where the liturgy is still not entirely fixed. So there's an alphabetical poem about the heavenly lights serving God. We have one of them in our weekday Sidur. By the way, of course, we have an alternative in the Shabbat Sidur, right? El Adon fills that, which we sing, fills that same slot, okay? It's an alphabetical acrostic in the Yotzer Blessing, which is all about the heavenly luminaries and how they serve God. So it's the same idea. It's just a different poem. And Sa'adji says, oh, by the way, some people say this other poem. There are people who don't say El Baruch Del They say El Adir Bamarom. Right? So it's interesting that there's um, a slot where you insert an alphabetical poem about God as the God of the luminaries, but there are choices about what you can put in the slot. In the year 925, there's still choices. Everyone with me on that? Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to, do I want to go to the next one? I, I want to read it in a different version. Okay. Uh, give me a second. I, I want to, Okay. Okay, so I said Rav Amram Gaon Sidur comes first, right? About 50 years before. But that doesn't mean we have a manuscript from 875. We do not possess a manuscript from 875. We possess manuscripts written later. So what we're going to read now is a manuscript copy of Rav Amram Gaon Sidur, the first Sidur, but it was copied later on, and so it refers to Sa'adya's Sidur, even though... Saadia Sidur was actually composed later on. Does everyone get that? In other words, it would be as if in a book that was written in 1950, but which was reprinted in 1970, there was a footnote that referred to a book printed in 1960 because it was reprinted in 1970 and thus it could refer to something printed 10 years before, even though that was not in the original version of 1950. Everyone with me on that? So the earlier Sidur, which is rewritten in a later manuscript, Sidur number one, rewritten in a later manuscript, refers to Sidur number two, which was written 50 years later. Okay, here's the manuscript. Um, I have here an asterisk, and next to it I have an arrow, the first arrow. Everyone see that? Le'achar se'if zeh, after this paragraph, ba'a b'ktav yad mem, in in manuscript Mem, which usually stands for Munich. I don't know what it is in this case. So in one particular manuscript of Rav, Seder Rav Amram Gaon, Rav Amram Sidur, after this paragraph, Baruch Hashem Yotzeh wrote, Tosefet Zo, we find this edition. And I'm sorry that I didn't write out for you an English translation. I'm just reading it and translating it for you. Okay? So in one manuscript of Seder Rav Amram Gaon, we find the following edition. Everyone with me? Everyone see where I am? If, if not, if you see where I am. Okay. Here's the edition. Amar Adonenu Sa'adya. Our Lord Sa'adya said, Asur Lomar Or Hadash Al Tzion Ta'ir Bivrachazo. It is forbidden to say Or Hadash Al Tzion Ta'ir. 
the line we talked about that's about the Mashiach that seems to not fit. My Tama is that abbreviation, which is Aramaic for what is the reason? It's Talmudic Aramaic. Mipnei she'ein anu mivarchin al ha'or ha'atid liot limot ha'mashiach. Because we are not talking in this blessing about the light, which is in the future to be in the days of the Messiah. Ela al ha'or she'anu ro'in b'chol boker v'boker. Rather, in this blessing, we're only talking about the light, which we see every single morning. Ki'inyan, just like the same idea, she'anu mivarchim ba'erev hama'ariv aravim, just like in this blessing slot in the evening, we bless God for making the evening. Aval, im ba'lomar, but, and if you are, Sa'adya says, if you are saying this line, Motsi shem shamayim levatala, which is a very strong statement. It means you are saying God's name wastefully. Meaning, Sa'adya is saying you do not say that line. It does not belong in our bracha because it's on a different topic. Everyone with me? Okay, so this is what we talked about. Sa'adya now says it halachically, which tells us two things, by the way. One thing it tells us is that Sa'aja disapproved of this line. Yes? The second thing it tells us is there were people in Sa'aja's era who said this line, right? If no one said it, Sa'aja would not have taken the trouble to mention it and say, we don't say this line. So he says it very strenuously, which suggests to us that there was a practice in his era to say this line. Um... Everyone with me? Any question about that? We're going to see a second comment about that in a moment. I just want to stick with this page. Go down to the third arrow. Everyone see the third arrow on this page? Where it says, Umam Shich Mem, which means manuscript Mem continues. Vehachinami Amarav Sa'adja Rosh Yeshiva Zecher Adonainu Livracha. Vehachinami is Aramaic for Vekach Gamkein. And also, in addition, Rav Sa'adja, the Rosh Yeshiva, may he rest in peace, says the following in, it, it says this in manuscript Mem. Yachid hapores al shma, okay, uh, someone who is davening alone, Yachid means individual. The technical term for saying shma is pores al shma. I don't want to go into that in a moment. Kevan she'asur lomar kedusha bepachot me'asara, since he is forbidden to say the kedusha when there are fewer than ten people, kedekaimalan, that's an abbreviation, as it is already established for us, kemoshikvar kayam lanu, that's Aramaic, that's what that means, as it already established for us, kol davar she'bekdusha lo yehei pachot bepachot me'asara. Okay. Everything which is called a davar shabiktusha, holy words, we do not say when there are less than 10 people. And then he goes on and he gives kind of a little alternative that you can say, which we're not going to go into. So we have here in a ma- one particular manuscript of Seder Rav Amram Gaon, which was actually written 50 years before Sidur Rav Saadi Gaon, we have in this manuscript an insert, a, a, a copyist or a, you know, the scribe, inserted, oh, by the way, 
in Sa'adya Sidur, it says, don't say that line, or Hadash al Tzion Ta'irvin's Kefulan Meiralero. It doesn't belong. In fact, it's verging on kind of a sin if you say it. It's wrong. You're taking God's name wrongly, which is a very big statement. And also, it recapitulates what we saw in, in our version, that you don't say it with, uh, when there's no minion, you don't say the whole Kedusha paragraph. Everyone with me? Now I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to do one more thing, and then we're going to finish up in a couple of minutes. I'm going to scroll back up. So this is an edition of Rav Sa'ad Gaon, where I pointed out to you that he gave us this alternative right, to alternative alphabetical crossing. Now we're going to go to the footnotes. This is the notes not in Sa'adja Sidur, but by our modern um, uh, editor of this printing. The first arrow is Thus is what Rav Sa'adja Gaon, may rest his peace, said, Mishachatam or Chadash hu Anyone who concludes with Or Hadash, shed a new light on Zion, is making a mistake. Okay? Toeh with a tet is a mistake, and Vered, Toeh with a taf means he is wandering astray. Means, same idea. He's going astray. It's wrong. Okay? Lefi shidlo tiknu chachamim brachazo al haor because the sages did not arrange this bracha to be about the future light in the days of the Messiah. Ella al or hayom hameir yom, but rather the light of the day, which gum, which you know illuminates us every day. Kemash anu mevarchin ba'erev hamaravim, just the way we say at night, God makes the evening. The blessing is supposed to be about the time of day. In the morning, it's about the light of day. At night, it's about the dark of night. It has nothing to do with history about the Messiah. This line doesn't belong. So this is just another version of what we already read. Now I want you to skip down to the second arrow. Aval Rav Shirira Heshiv. Now Rav Shirira was another Gaon who lived about 25 years after Sa'adja, who wrote not a Sidur, but various rabbinic responsa. He's generally called Rav Shirira Gaon. Okay? So, in another manuscript, it says, Aval Rav Shirira Heshiv. Asher Amar Mar Rav Sa'adja Gaon Zichronoli Vracha. So Rav Shrira said, concerning that which Sa'adya said, that the Chazan should not say, right, the Chazan is not permitted to say, or Chadash al Tzion Ta'ir, shine a new light upon Zion, the language refers to the Messiah. Lo kach hu etzleinu, that is not our practice. Meaning, Jerav Shrira Gaon, 25 to 50 years after Sa'adja Gaon, says what Sa'adja Gaon says we're supposed to do, which is omit that line. We don't do that. Which means we say that line. Okay? La, this is a very strong statement. This is Aramaic. La yad inana vela sevira lana. We do not, is Aramaic, we do not know it and we do not Reason it, meaning we don't know that Saadia opinion and we think it's wrong. 
Okay? So we have Sa'adya saying, don't say that line. It doesn't belong here. It's on the wrong subject. The fact that Sa'adya says it obviously means that other people in his era, the, the fact that Sa'adya needs to say, don't say this, means that other people in his, era, in his era did say it. By the way, I would surmise the fact that he has to say it so strongly you know, if you say this, you're wasting God's name. The fact that he says it that strongly seemed to suggest that he really needed to say his opinion strongly because there were people who disagreed with him. And then we have Rav Shrira Gaon about 50 years later saying, hey, and this opinion of Sadia's, we don't hold by him. We, we ignore what he says. We think he's wrong. And there is no loss at all, meaning you have not lost anything by saying this line. You're, you didn't waste God's name by saying this line, okay? And in parentheses, this says, It is a book which compiles various geonic comments on the Talmud. So notice in, this is in Otsahar Gaonim Librachot, meaning this is in the volume of Gaonic commentaries on Tractate Brachot of the Talmud, page 33. Okay? So we have a window into, uh, let's just say, I'm going to summarize, the, and then I'm, I'm not coming back to this topic anymore. We have a window into the year, the 800s, 900s, right? 800s and 900s, where the text of the Sidur was still in some ways fluid. There was debate about it. And um, we see debate among the great rabbis in, um, how shall I say it? Not 100% gentle language. So Rav Sa'adegon is saying to all the other people in era who say this line, you are wasting God's name. And then Rav Shri Ragaon, maybe 50 years later, I think he's 50 years later. I looked it up last week and I, I, I don't remember anymore. Uh, maybe it's 100 years later. Rav Shri Ragaon says, we know Sa'adegon's opinion and, you know, we think he's totally wrong. We don't know what he's talking about, Right. So we've read that in some manuscript. We are not familiar with his omission of that line. And we disagree with his reading. And it is not wasteful. You're not wasting God's name when you add that line. Meaning for Rav Shri Ragaon, Rav Shri Ragaon is reaffirming the normative opinion is to include that line. So I brought all this just to sort of give an interesting window, again, not into the question of what it means to us, although you can figure out what that means to you or not, that line, but just to, to show you how there was debate and um, fluidity um, in this era about the wording of the Sidur. Okay, I am going to stop screen sharing and so that I can see everyone and just pause for a minute or two and say, are there questions or comments? Bernie Goler, unmute yourself. Bobby, what, what do you say you don't you don't daven alone? Which prayers do you not do if you're davening alone? Okay, Bernie, hold up your sidur. I want to know which edition you have. Okay. So, but I want to make it clear. What I'm going to repeat. This is an opinion of Sa'adja Gaon that no one follows halachically. So... I'm not saying you should do this, Bernie Goler, because if I did, I would be feel, following the opinion of Sa'adja Gaon that no one does halakhically. 
Okay, but if you followed the opinion of Rav Sa'aja Gaon, which no normative halachic authority today espouses, what you would do is go to page 30 in the middle. You would say, Baruch Ata Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, Yotzer Or Uvorei Choshech Oseh Shalom Uvorei HaKol, Hameir La'aretz Ladarim Aleab Rachamim, Uftuvo Mechadesh Bechol Yom Tamid Ba'asei Breshit. Then you would turn the page and you would skip to Baruch Ata Hashem Yotzer HaMeorot. In other words, you skip all the rest of page 30 and all of page 31. Sorry, you'd say, you might say, So according to Amram and Sa'adya, two authorities from the year 900, that is what you would say if you were davening alone. But that is not we, what we do today. Again, I want to point out, hold on, I want to point out, there, this halachic opinion was not accepted by the mainstream. Okay, go ahead, Bernie. What do we do today if we have to down alone? You say all of page 30 and 31. And the, the other prayers, what do we do? We'll say, we'll talk about that when we get to those other prayers. Right, so... What we're doing now, the minion is everything as if we're dominating alone. Right, except for, we don't say Baruch we don't say Kedusha, and we don't say Kaddishes, except for the mourner's Kaddish, and that's because there is a, a conservative move in Shuva about saying mourner's Kaddish. But we don't see, we don't say the Dvarim Shabik Dushah in our Zoom minion, right? Because it's not considered a full halachic minion. We don't say Kaddish. We don't say Hashem Eloich. The Chazan does not repeat Hashem Eloich Hememet at the end of Shema, which is why we have to add El Melech Neman. We don't say a repetition of the Amidah with Kedusha. We don't say Baruchu, right? So all of those are things are the things we don't say. But we do say the full bracha on page 30 and 31, and that is because the opinion of Rav Amram and Sa'adya from the year 900 was rejected by the mainstream of halakhic authorities. Larry Herman is raising a hand. And me too. And then Terry. I have two comments that try to be very brief because I know you don't want to go on long about Yes. It. The first one has to do with what we quote, what we do. In light of your Shavuot uh, talk about Elenu and what you do, which is you change the Elenu, and what I've always been told I can do is I can say the prayers that are meaningful to me in the way I want to and I can change them. I'm only raising the question not to be answered here is what the heck does it mean what we do? We don't have, I don't think, a catechism of what the prayers are. The second point... Wait. Okay, make the second point first. Make the second point first. Go ahead. Make your second point. Second, second point relates to something you said weeks ago, but it's about this whole prayer. Since I'm very uncomfortable with the mysticism of the entire insertion between the first prayer and this, yeah. I've been thinking about finding a way, maybe even going back to to Gaon, of eliminating things I'm very uncomfortable with and doing my own version when I daven, even in a kahal, not when I'm a shayat uh-huh. uh, another version. And I'm wondering whether people actually advocate doing that sort of, making those sorts of changes, taking out the mysticism. Oh, got it. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to discuss both of these points at our class next week. So, because they both require more than a one-line answer, Okay, and I actually think they're important. Not this about this, not just about this bracha, but other. It, it apply, what you're asking about applies to this bracha and obviously other 
things because it would be applicable to lots of things. So I think it would be, so it's a meta question, right? Although there's a piece of it which could be about this bracha and I'd like to discuss it as a meta question and as it applies to this bracha next time and give it the dignity that it requires. So let's, I think, probably start with that next time or it might be the second thing we do next time, okay? So make sure you're, God willing, make sure you're here next week. Terry. Also possibly a, a meta question, which I've, I've brought up before, but it's still in my mind all the time. How is our halacha currently responding and changing in, in confrontation with this new COVID-19 reality, which we're facing now, let's just say we'll face for the next 12 to 18 months, depending on vaccines, etc. But then there's the next one and the next one. Are you see any? Are you seeing any movement to grapple with this? That this is a new time, a new reality, and we may need to respond differently now, even among the conservative and orthodox. And when you say respond differently, you mean about minions? What do you mean? I, I, I mean, I, I do mean about minions. Not just why don't? Not just why don't we add the prayer in the time of the corona? You mean a you mean a bigger thing than got it good so let's let's hold that for next week all that is an excellent question and let's hold that for next week also so next week we're going to talk about uh, I think I'm going to talk about two things um, let's say halachic process and how decisions are made about sidur things both as it applies to or birkat yotzer. And as it might apply to bigger things, okay, that's one thing. Number two, the question of how can Birkat Yotzer, which we've been doing for months and months, feel meaningful to us, to you, to every individual? So they're two big meta questions. And I think then we'll wrap up Birkat Yotzer and move on to Ahava Rabbah. Although I want to ask a question, we can vote on this right now, and then and then we'll stop for today. Um, I think we should do the meta questions next week because I don't want to hold them off anymore, and they're interesting. And then my question is: Do you want to go on to Ahava Rabbah, or do you want to take a brief amount of time, which could be one or two weeks, to look at the version of this blessing in? Mariv, the blessing of Mariv Aravim, meaning the corresponding nature, universe, sun, moon, and stars blessing in Mariv, and the corresponding blessing on Shabbat morning, which is the same but different. So I sort of feel like it would be worthwhile to do that because it explores more fully the theme of Birkat Yotzer, the alternatives, the other times of the day and of the week. Um, and that kind of fills out our thought about it. So, okay, so that's a yes. So here's what we're going to do. Next week, we'll, we'll jump to the bigger issues, and then thereafter, we'll go to, um, we'll talk about Hamariv Aravim in the evening, and we'll talk about uh, El Adon and the Shabbos version. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. 
For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.